Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, wherever you're tuning in. We are Slava and Jonathan, bringing you the SideQuest Podcast, where we talk about character development, stories, and all things that are world-building. And we occasionally take side quests, because, frankly, that's how conversations work. Just as a reminder, this whole show is spoiler-heavy. So, sit back, tune in, and join us on this episode of SideQuest. Jonathan. Slava. Good morning. Good morning. It is a good morning. Good morning for Star Wars. Uh, I'm going to dive right in here, pun intended, but I got dive-bombed by a bat uh, two nights ago at two in the friggin' morning, and then the bat shit all over my apartment, and so I asked my girlfriend to come over last night and help me clean. It shit on my TV. Like, on the screen. Nice. How was your week? Well, I didn't have any bat issues. Or any other animals shitting on anything that I own. My dog did shit outside a couple times. That's pretty normal, though. Yeah, yeah. So, my my week has been. I know this has been like a, a you know a, almost a, a joke with us. Where how's your week? Oh, it's busy, but it has been exceptionally busy. Well, let's do something different. You, what are some highlights from the week? Forget the busyness. Busyness is busyness is for everybody. Even even Beyonce gets twenty four hours in a day. I cooked some really really good steak yesterday, and I overcooked it. I never like my anything over medium. This was like approaching medium well to even more almost well, and I was very disappointed. But then whatever I did for the marinade. Did you do Even the classic well. butter and rosemary and garlic splashed on top for two or three minutes? No. No, what I did was a little bit of Worcestershire sauce. I love Worcestershire. A little bit of, a little bit of soy sauce, olive oil, lots of pepper, lots of salt, lemon juice, like a quarter of a lemon maybe, mm-hmm. I guess, however that works out. Just top, the top, you know, top quarter of a lemon, squeeze it in there, mix it up, let it sit, let the meat sit in that concoction for about... An hour, then right on the hot grill. Oh, that you marinated it. Oh, okay. I was thinking it was in yeah. pan. No, 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 no. Yeah, if, if it was, if I did a well done in pan, it would have been garbage uh, without the marinade. And even then, it wasn't. Again, it was well done. Not my favorite at all. That was a highlight, and I, only because I haven't cooked in a while. Like prepared an, a nice meal. Something where I planned it out. I'm like, all right, we're having steak tonight. We're gonna. This is the sides. This is the veggies. Yeah. So that was that was nice. That was a highlight. Other than that, the week went by too fast for me to notice. But I, I like cooking. So anytime I can sit down and plan out a meal and cook it, and you know, have a quasi pre date with my wife, and then the dinner date with my wife, and yeah. then go hang out with her, watch a movie. We ended up watching a show on cults. Just planning for your next project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a glass of wine. So that was that was a highlight because it was a nice release at the end of this week. Yeah, makes sense. I haven't cooked a meal in a hot minute. I just kind of gave up on buying groceries because I just like didn't not making time, not making time to do dishes, and they just sit there, which I also found frustrating. But it's like, <sighs> okay, so I've just been eating out a lot and. Honestly, I think I've saved money because I'm not also buying groceries, expecting myself to cook, and then the produce is going bad. So, yep, which is a bummer because I enjoy cooking not as much as you do, but like actually taking the time to do it. But I'm so ready to leave my house after I've been in it working for ten hours in the day, and I'm just like, I need to get out of here. But that said, I did go grocery shopping the other night. I'm gonna make some curry. Forgot to buy the limes. Gotta get the limes. Just a vegetable curry. So, probably do that. Yeah. Tomorrow? Cooking is fun. Probably tomorrow. I don't, I don't think it's for everybody, I, for everybody, obviously, or at least not for everybody to the extent that I do it and enjoy it. But most of the people I talk to, whether they're at my level, above my level, below my level, whatever that level is, even if there is a level for home chefs, most people find it, if not relaxing, sort of like... This is a very fancy, a very uh, fancy word for, it, but fulfilling in some way. Where you like, you put the food together, you cook for somebody. It's like almost a gift, you know, to your friends or family, or even for yourself. 
you sit down, you relax, you eat a meal you prepared. It's kind of a cathartic, maybe in some sense. Well, it's fulfilling because you're you're getting direct feedback and direct success from 30 minutes of your time, wherein everything else in life right now, for anyone who works digitally, there's no success. Like, and I I feel this, which is part of the reason I started making my house a smart house, is because I spend so much time doing digital, I don't get the satisfaction of like, cool, we completed a thing. We completed a project. So I need something physical to do. So I've been updating my house. And you can only get quick stuff like that if you do something that's tangible and physical in front of you. Cooking, cleaning, small house upgrades, whatever. Right. So, yeah. Anywho, why don't you tell us about the Star War? The Star War. Well, today is probably... Well, not probably. Today is part one of probably a two-part series. Two-part series, three-part episodes. We're going to bring on my friend who recommended this book, Matt, at the end, similar to we did with Spencer. So, it, honestly, if you don't want to hear about the book, skip the first two episodes and then dive into the third and just hear us prattle off with Matt, who himself has a large Star Wars tattoo of a character on his one arm and then the three factions on his other arm. So you could say he's a fan. He hates Star Wars. He does he gets the he got the tattoos to remember how much he hates it. No, that's fair. That's fair. So the novel that he suggested is called Path of Destruction. Yes. It's actually called Star Wars Darth Bane Path of Destruction. And it's centered on the life of Darth Bane and the fall of the first Sith Order. Again, this is from Wikipedia, as per usual. It was written by Drew Carpishan and was released in September 2006. The book takes place roughly a thousand years before Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. So there we go. That's it. This book actually took... 11th in the New York Times bestseller list in 2006 in October. So just a couple months after it released. Yeah. And we'll get into, in our opinion at least, why that is. Because the first, what, nine, ten chapters that we read? I'm, I think I'm approaching nine. I'm actually at the end of eight. Slava read ten, ten chapters. It's a 31-chapter book. We talked about doing half of it. I finished the book. I also listened to it at, according to quote-unquote normal people, at obnoxiously fast rate, at 2.25 speed. Yep. I actually read two books this week and some chapters. I can, yeah, I can do 1.75 comfortably. I've learned, you know, if I'm paying attention Mm -hmm. and not distracted by other things, then I can do 1.75 and... It grows on you, though. It's a muscle. I I tell that to people. They're like, oh, wow, that's so fast. I can't listen to things that fast. And I go... Well, first off, they tell me they can't listen to things as a way to learn, and I and I retort with, "You spent twelve years in school, literally listening to someone tell you how math works. So yes, you can learn something by listening to someone. So don't give me that nonsense." Yeah, I think your muscle analogy is a uh, is on point. So here's a brief synopsis of the book. This is again from Wikipedia. The synopsis here is. A no, you know, a novel in itself. So I'm just going to read like <laughs> just just give us a couple, a couple of sentences, points, yeah. a couple of bullet points. So the Sith Order used to have many members, but there were flaws with this. They were divided, battling each other to be the highest Sith ranks. One Sith Lord, to end this, erected the Brotherhood of Darkness, where all Sith were equal and had two goals in mind, to conquer the galaxy and destroy the Jedi. And the book describes this war. So Dessel has lived and worked in the Apatros, I'm going to mispronounce it, don't at me, Cortosis mines his entire life with an abusive drunk father. He dreams that one day he may leave. Um, he kills a Republic soldier after a game of, like, the equivalent of cards or sabak. 21. Yeah, Sabak. So he kills a soldier, tries to escape, does escape, he smuggled off the planet and joins the Sith army and moves quickly through the ranks to sergeant, I believe. And that's where I left off in Chapter 8, where they just won a battle. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the book is him 
becoming a Sith Lord, which we'll get to in the next episode. Yes. Yep. Not a lot of twists and turns. It's an adventure book. It's fast-paced. You dive right in. You... So, I don't think we've mentioned this. Slava and I don't know a whole lot about Star Wars. I've seen the first three originals. I want to say I saw episode three as well, maybe? I haven't seen seven, eight, or nine. I haven't watched the cartoon show. I played Kotar, Knights of the Old Republic, back in the day. Briefly. Never finished it. So, I know enough. Oh, I've watched The Mandalorian season one and season two? I think season two. Because I think they're on season three right now. And I haven't, I don't have Disney Plus anymore right now. So, I know enough about Star Wars to have a, a semblance of what's going on. Big picture, but not the nuances. So, when Matt suggested that we read this book, I went, eh, I don't know. <clears throat> but we kind of made a book exchange because I want him to get into the Cosmere. So, <laughs> seemed like a good trade to me. Because I think that he would really enjoy the Cosmere. And he thought I'd really enjoy this, even though I didn't know anything about Star Wars. And he was right. I really did enjoy this book. It was fast-paced. It's why I read it in a week, Slava. I mean, yeah, I was reading it to 2.2x speed, but it was captivating. It was yep. no cliffhangers, but it was just like, oh, well, what's going to happen next? Right. It Yeah, very fast-paced. You get introduction to the main character. You get his background story. You don't get a, unnecessary details. He's a kid in a mine... Uh, on a mine, what is it, you know? Mining planet. Camp, mining planet. Um, his dad is a piece of garbage. The people he works with, you know, obviously are, you know, clones of his, no pun intended, clones of his piece of crap dad. Yep. And so they abuse him, and he kind of grows up fighting for survival. And because it's a mining colony planet, he becomes bulky. So... Oh, yeah. People usually, by the time he's an adult, usually leave him alone. But one of the one of his friends, one of his dad's friends, starts some shit with him. He gets his, you know, he gets beat and a thumb torn off. Um, yeah, so he Death has to bites his thumb off. Very yep. Mike Tyson. Very Mike Tyson. Um, early Mike Tyson. Star Wars Mike yeah. Tyson. Star Wars Mike Tyson. Although. Quick side quest, if you listen to recent podcasts and just talks, interviews that Mike Tyson has given, dude's come a long way. Like, oh, and yeah. I know He's he, put a lot he of had, work into himself, like self-reflection, yeah. personal development stuff. Back in the day, you know, he was, as a lot of people do, um, especially who get famous quick, battled a lot of demons. Being a degenerate isn't hard. Just like this isn't a slight, uh, this isn't a slight at him. It's a comment about entropy, which we talked about in a previous episode. It's a comment on the depravity of humanity. Choosing to do the negatives in life literally takes no effort. No effort. But to really work on yourself, that's where all the effort comes from. Yep. And he's put yeah, the work absolutely. in. I've seen, I, I probably haven't seen as many as you, but I've seen him in a few things, and he's much more even-keeled these days. Yeah, I've seen probably a dozen come through in my feed or actual, you know, like Insta-feed. Or my YouTube thing where I spend a lot of my, my time just because I turn it on in the background and do my work and listen to either lectures or game theory or movie theory, or whatever, film theory stuff. Oh, game theory uh, is YouTube. interesting. You should try and bring that up in conversation in a future episode when it's uh, more relevant because that's super interesting. Yeah, well, it's kind of it's relevant to this episode too, very, very tangentially. But the author, uh, Drew... Uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Drew K. Or, Drew K. Ker- Karpishan. 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 He's a Ukrainian. I'm a Ukrainian. I should be able to pronounce these names. Is Estonia I should looked him up. in Ukraine? No. Estonia is in Estonia. Well, that's Estonia what I thought. Estonia is Estonia. Yeah. Estonia is very much north of Ukraine. But, but my parents okay. are of Ukrainian descent, but I was born in the Baltics. Right. Right. So anyway, uh, he was a scenario writer for games, and I think a game designer for some so one of the games. I think he for like the Mass Effect games. Well, I think he also worked on Kotar because you sent me a and thing. Bioware. Yeah, but, yeah Bioware's the yeah. Keep going. Bioware's the, the the development company, right? So senior writer for Bioware, Star Wars, and the Knights of the Old Republic. 
lead writer for the first two Mass Effect games. And I liked the Mass Effect game, so I was like, oh, cool. Checks out. Yeah, so very, very small connection, but the author of this book was a game developer and designer. Oh, yeah, so what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so I, I, and as algorithms go, sometimes you kind of take a, a left turn and the algorithm shows you something else. So I've heard in the background Mike Tyson interviews like describing the death of his kid and his growth as a person. I was like, Dude. I didn't know his kid died. Yeah, I forgot how, but his daughter died. I think she drowned in the pool. Woof. Yeah, what else? Yeah, that, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. Side quest over. <laughs> Side quest. I see a lot of videos of Mike Tyson. His daughter died. Side quest over. Wait, his daughter died? Yeah, she died in the pool. Side quest over. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I don't remember enough to you to have a to have a meaningful conversation. I just remember. Oh man, that'd that be a funny podcast. That. I want you to draw a topic, and I want you to tell me everything you know about that topic. And I need you to be as confident as possible. And we're gonna put you in front of people who don't know you, and and just have to believe what you're saying. Could be a good social experiment. Yeah. 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 I forget where we we're going with that. Darth Bane. Doesn't matter. The book is. You let, let's pick up, I guess, where we left off. The book is well paced. It gets right it's into really it. It's really good pacing. It's very yeah. fast. There's not a lot of dawdling around. Almost, and and it teeters on this point. Almost to the point where the plot is simply linear, and there's no twists and turns. There's no real cliffhangers. So you're you're in the moment with the character, and it doesn't linger. Which I think that there are moments where it should have lingered, and there should have been some revision to offer a few cliffhangers or moments of intrigue because that part felt lacking. Bane himself as a character felt full enough. I don't know if you met this other character yet. What characters have you met? I don't want to spoil it for you. Well, I'm I'm at the place where he where the other Sith Lord takes him on his ship. Yeah. After I he think you're still too early. Okay. Okay, yeah. So for this uh for this book, you can spoil it and it it won't matter for me. Like Well, there's just there's other characters that don't feel as well defined as Bane is. I'll say that. Okay. Okay. Not in a bad okay. way, but they just like a it's more than a caricature, but it's not much more. Yeah, and as you were talking, I think this does have something to do or is connected, maybe that's a better way of saying it to Drew's previous writing experience. Because what does he write? He writes scenarios for games. A game you play 50 hours, yeah, maybe, and that's because you're doing the side quest. And that's because you, you have to redo an, a level six times or whatever. But if you go through a game with no mistakes and hitting all the cutscenes, some games are like 10 hours long, seven hours long. So if you're writing scenarios and that's kind of like your, your wheelhouse and now you're writing a novel, I think that's just going to carry over. And again, this is not a slight at uh, Drew K here. No, no, no. Really um, like the book. I just things yeah. that could have been better. That's all. I felt like the scene where he's playing cards. Sabak. Sabak. Where he's playing Sabak with the, the soldiers and the other miners. That was really well done. That was there was a well lot done. of back and forth. That was just like really, again, pace is I was super surprised I, that that was so well done. I was listening to that in the grocery store the other night. Just grabbing groceries, getting some fruit. And I... Found myself just kind of like standing in the aisles at a few points because I was just listening to the book. I listened to that on the way home uh, from work on Thursday, and I was I was like, "Whoa, like th- this is really cool. This is really well put together. This is good writing." Um, Give me a quick synopsis of how you play the game because I want to I want to test something here. You're not allowed to look it up. Nope, you're not allowed to look it up. You have to do it from memory. It's twenty one to me. It's it's it's, it's almost like. It's blackjack. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's that was the question. And I like blackjack. Right. So I kind of understood the rules. Again, I'm listening to it and I'm Precisely. driving. Precisely. So 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 sorry. Keep going. I interrupted you. No, no, you're good. So I was driving. And I was listening to it, and when they're describing the rules, I'm like, "Great, get on with it." And then the stuff started with him, you know, baiting the soldiers and messing with them, and winning pot. And that's where I started. Like, oh, okay, I will I will pay attention. But it, the, the the rules of the game kind of washed over me. But as I, I still was listening enough to be like, oh, this sounds like blackjack. Right, exactly. And and so he took blackjack and he made it twenty three instead of twenty one. Plus, 
an additional rule or two about jokers and but they're called fools in the game and it was just super interesting because it's like we, you and I don't know the Star War we we aren't super familiar with it and we still understood the game super well because it's like oh I have some familiarity I know what blackjack is didn't have to call it blackjack he's called it sabak and it's played so similarly that we understood the whole time and we we didn't have to focus on the game mechanics we could focus on the interactions of the characters like that's really nice writing for an action scene over a game of cards it almost and i don't know enough about Bacharach to say this with confidence but almost as if it was 21 blackjack and Bacharach kind of more 21 than anything but the fact that there was a uh, a player and a banker and then there's the the river and you have in in a Bacharach, you have to show your cards or announce your cards or announce points or something. Now that I'm thinking about, it, it almost feels like a combination of blackjack and Bacharach. Um, I'm not, but familiar anyway, with Bacharach at all, so I'll just take your word for it. I'm very unfamiliar, so not this is not so with confidence. I know blackjack, but Bacharach is unfamiliar to me. Let's say it that way. So run us through what happens after the game of cards. Well, he wins the pot, yep. which is like 2,000 credits. So now, because he's been suspended for biting off dude's uh, thumb, he can... Uh, I thought it was 10,000. Uh, anyway, it's a lot. It's a lot of money. It, it's, it's a crap ton of money. I thought it was 2,000 because they couldn't, you couldn't win more than 2,000 in the pot. So that, because the, the company wants the miners working, Yeah, I just thought it was working, 10, not, You keep talking. Not, I'm, not I'm paying off their up. debts. So he wins the pot somewhere between 2,000 and $10,000. <laughs> somewhere between. <laughs> And he almost gets in a fight with some soldiers because he wins and he baits them. And one of the ensigns is drunk out of his gourd. So, of course, he, he you know, has a, a liquid courage. And the owner of the bar is a friend. Kicks everybody out because there's about to be a fight. Because the ensign decides to shit talk all the miners and almost gets killed. And so everybody gets kicked out. The owner of the bar cantina makes uh, bane clean up the clean up the bar with him and then he goes back home and all the lights are off like all this all the lights city lights because they're conserving energy and he gets attacked by the ensign and two of his uh, buddies ends up killing the ensign and running back to the bar and now not only is he on suspension for fighting and biting off a guy's thumb he has a history of fighting and anger, and now he's murdered a Republic soldier. So the owner of the cantina says, well, you can either uh, face that. you probably get a, get out in six years because, you know, I forget exactly what he said, but you'll probably get out in six years. This is a six-year term yeah. for killing a, an ensign, at least according to the cantina owner. That's his estimation. Or you can join the Sith. Which is, a, which is an interesting, like, first offer, right? Like, don't, no battering, yeah. like, oh, you don't want the other offer. No, no, no. Like, these are your options. Jail or join the Sith. Yep. And so he decides to join the Sith because, screw it, it's better than, you know, dying as a minor and going to jail for killing some turd. So he's off the planet. He gets smuggled that night. And the next time we see him, Chapter 8, Chapter 9, when, when I'm reading it, he's a sergeant in the Sith army. Yeah. So it does a good job at time jumps. Also, I was correct. It was 10,000 credits. This is why you should listen to books at two and a half times speed. You'll remember everything. Yeah, everything doubles or quadruples. Five X. <laughs> yeah, so it they do a good job at skipping nonsense. Moments moments of, okay, he's going to get in. That's just, you know that, so I'm not even going to bother. You know, oh, maybe. No, 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 he gets in. It's fine. His journey is during it. Yeah. And I don't think I would have wanted to listen to 10 pages of him in a Sith training camp, you know, the Sith boot camp. Okay. Maybe if there was an interesting story. Right. And but the fact that it jumps to him being a sergeant and this power that he, he has, it's being more awakened, but it's not so fast where it's almost like, all right, now, now I have the force. It's little bits in here. There's time jumps, and they're and they're well done. But his character development is slower than the time jumps, right? Yeah. So it actually feels yep. natural. Like, yeah, this is six months later, but he's still kind of the same guy. Oh, this is ten years later. He's a little bit of a different guy. 
Yeah, you don't notice. It's very smooth. Right. So one of the things that I realized while I was reading this book, and a question that I'd like to to address in podcasts moving forward, is the type of book this is. So I mentioned it earlier, it's an adventure book, or that's how I would classify it. Because the character goes out on an adventure. Now, if we're going to take a quick philosophical side quest about story, you could you could say Robert McKee, I think his name is. Man of a Thousand Faces. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, there's a book. Basically, the, the premise of his book is that every story is the same story. So you could go, well, every book is an adventure book because the person goes and leaves and blah, 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 blah. But I... I want us to look at, okay, what is our book, you know, is it a character development book? Is it a, because there's, there's ebbing and flowing, like in, in this Path of Destruction book, yes, there's a plot, which is good, but the plot is there for the character to grow on a little bit here, but they're both moving so fast that it's not like a Sanderson book where he's building out a world and then we're like, oh, wow, and it's a world building book. And it's not really an adventure book because it's it's like The Way of Kings is more so a slice of life book where Words of Radiance picks up right where The Way of Kings left off and then Oathbringer happens just after that. You're looking so like these five books happen in the course of a few months. Now it takes, you know, in total, if every book is an average of 50 hours, that's 250 hours of time for like audiobook readers. But for the characters themselves, that's, we'll call it a year and a half total, right? Like, that's not a lot of time. And it's full of the nuances switching between perspectives and nations and what's going on, which is really cool. But for something like the Path of Destruction here, okay, there's a lot of time passing. And it's not super important how much time is passing because it's just like this character has to hit some milestones to reach certain levels of achievement. I don't know what else to call it because he, he does go on some side quests himself. And honestly, I think I would have liked a few more side quests for his character uh, in the book and a few more moments of failure. But overall, and, and I, I'm just nitpicking because I really did enjoy it, but overall, yeah, no, those are my thoughts. Yep. So the, this morning, this morning I was listening to a YouTube channel called Cinema Cartography. Shout out to them. Uh, they really have cool episodes on anime and animation. There's only two of those episodes, and they just—it's film theory. I'll just boil it down to that: film theory. So if you guys want to hear some interesting take on film, and this is what I would call high cinema—that's my my term for it where it's not the Marvel Universe, or it's not Goodfellas. Putting aside what, what the director of Goodfellas said about the Marvel Universe, the, that's not where I'm going. It's just Wait, what it's the, that it's not real cinema. And whatever. Uh, I don't have a dog in a fight, and I don't care. But when I say high cinema, it's, how do I say it? There's an artistry to it, right? The, like the, the directors that are well-known, like the French movement, and Tarnakovsky from Russia, who did... Stalker and Mirror and Solaris, those films that are very heady, they deal with heady, deep philosophical questions, but it's not through an adventure or action sequences or character development. You just get plopped into somebody's life, and those two hours might be two hours of a character's life, or it might be a year of a character's life, and you in you get to observe them in the milieu, in, in everything, whatever whatever they're in, you get to observe them in that world. And through dialogue and sometimes visuals, you learn about the directors or the writers' philosophy, and it's a conversation. It's a presentation of a philosophical outlook. So that's what I mean by a high cinema. Now, to, to the point, I was listening to cinema photography this morning, and they were going over... Uh, I believe uh, Besson, Luc Besson, who's a French director. Yeah, Luc Besson. And they were talking about how each scene, each frame is very meticulous. There's no fast-paced movements. It's whatever you see is what you get. 
And the guy, the guy who runs cinema cartography said that Besson, he just wanted to show everything the way it is, to the point where he toned everything down. So what's, what makes a good movie? There's the, the color, the score, the pacing, the actors. What, what Besson did, and some of his movies are um, black and white, some of them are color, he just toned everything down to the point where almost some of the actors are very either like robotic or apathetic or neutral in some of the stuff that they say. So the point is, my point is, when you whittle away some of the nonsense writers or directors or anybody puts into their works of art, it's almost nicer to have like a plain sandwich instead of like, you know, a hoagie that's overfilled with a sauce and meat and veggies. Just a nice grilled cheese sandwich sometimes is good too. Yeah. The, if I may stretch the, an analogy to. <laughs> the contrast of having something plain is, is certainly nice from time to time. It's a, it's a palate cleanser, right? Like it's a, it's a really solid palate cleanser. I went to Jimmy John's yesterday. I haven't been to Jimmy John's in I don't know how long. It's it's partly because I have these meetings that overlap my should-be lunch hour from like 12 to 2 multiple times a week. So I have to decide, am I going to eat lunch at 11 or am I eating lunch at 3? And so, you know, Jimmy John's is down the road and I was just like, I'm doing a veggie thing right now for health stuff. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm getting a veggie thing. And it was like, it was fine. Right. But I haven't had a Jimmy's in a while. So it was actually kind of special. It's like, oh, yeah, this is really good. I forgot how good this is because it's just different. And I tell this to people all the time when they look at drone footage. They're like, oh, wow, it's so good. Blah, 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 blah. And I go, I mean, it's it's good, but it's not outstanding drone work in terms of contextualizing and comparing drone work to drone work. It's interesting because you don't get that view very often which is why every time we fly on a plane, it's majestic. Literally every time. You can look out the window and go, wow. And you're struck with awe. And actually, shout out to a gal that I know, Lindsay. She is a UX researcher, UX designer, teacher at a local college here. And she is doing a research project right now on the, or yeah, looking at awe. And it's progenitor... Is the word she used basically the the use of awe in helping to spur on creativity in college students, and it's something that has almost no research done on it. And so I'll hit her up when I see her on and off, and ask her questions about it and see where where she's at, what she's thinking, because it's an interesting question and I really like philosophical questions. All that to say, things that bring us awe are often only bringing us awe because they give us a larger perspective. They give us a perspective we don't get to have day to day. That's my point. That's it. Okay. No. <laughs> so just like the book and just like Luc Besson movies, we we have very, uh, very uh, cut and dry side quests today. Yeah. Uh, very the good. The French make some really weird movies. They do. They do. They're and not I'll, bad. See, They're just very no. unique. Right. And th- that's what I call a high cinema because from the from like the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s and even earlier and some you can go earlier because movies have been around longer than that. But the movies that I was exposed to because of my half brother, he liked this this thing that I'm calling high cinema. And so he made me watch almost all the Tarkovsky movies and I enjoyed them. I mean as a 14-year-old I didn't understand some of the philosophical questions being sure. dealt with. Yeah. But I enjoy the artistry of it. I like weird, slow-moving, kind of avant-garde almost movies. I like it because now that I'm older, it's more than just the visual effects, like the, the slow pacing or monotone kind of, not monotone, but you know, like the very uh, neutered, that's also not a good word for it, movies, like a Bisson movie. Like, So what am I saying here? I'm saying this. It's just like your Jimmy John's. Because I consumed so much of it when I was a kid, and like I said, half of it probably I didn't understand, or I know for sure I didn't understand. Sure. And then my palate changed, and I started getting into more mainstream movies, but still kind of off the beaten path, like Kubrick and what's the, the guy who did Goodfellas. Oh, my gosh. Scorsese. Scorsese, my goodness. He's not really, he's mainstream in the sense that he's well known. So I started getting he is now, those. now, he wasn't kind of, before. Sorry, I'm nitpicking. Keep right. going. 
you're fine. So I got into those movies. And then after that, I went into like a weird, weird couple of years where I just wanted to watch stupid B-movies that are just horrendous. Oh boy. Like, and they don't, and they don't know they're in the horrendous. Leprechaun the Hood 3, come on! Yes. Like, like that kind of crap. Or Birdemic, which if you want to see a piece of dog shit in a dumpster fire on top of a barge running down the river of sewage that's also on fire, watch Birdemic. Like, God bless him for trying, but whoever the director is, I forget his name, but holy cow, is it just just crazy. And normally nobody would give that movie the time of day, even myself. But because the director is so serious and so unaware of what he's doing, that's the kind of crappy movie I want to watch and enjoy. So anyway, then that you know, period of my life. And then for a while, all I wanted to do, just watch, just give me, give me Arnold and, you know, bare chested, f- jumping out of a helicopter, killing 10,000 guys with one full swip of an Uzi. Because you just want an escape. And then, so when you go back and you watch a movie like Bassan or Tarkovsky, it's nostalgic in a way and it's a palate cleanser. So my point over. Let's get back to the book. Yeah. Well, and I think with the type of fantasy that I like to read, having something like the path of destruction because even though you and i don't know a whole lot about the star war and i purposely say it that i call it that just to piss my friends off um so feel free to at me in the comments i'm here for the haters <laughs> is we we've read sci-fi but we've read some dystopian sci-fi that's very russian right we've read literally fantasy. russian yeah we've read fantasy and i'm much more well versed in fantasy and so getting something like this sci-fi piece where it's like, I know enough about the Star Wars to know that the Sith are fighting the Jedi, to know there's a rebellion, to know that there's Darth Lords of sorts, and there's powers with the Force, and there's a bunch of different races. And the thing is, and they, and, and what was his name? The author? Drew? Drew, Drew. Carpition. Drew did a great job. Where you and I don't need to know what Sabak is. He he showed us in six rules. You and I don't need to know what a a, a Zylon overlord is. I can't remember a lot of the other terms, but like we pick it up because we're we're rolling through the book. And there's context clues. It's like, oh alright, this person's A not a human. B you describe the 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 way that they look, and then we get a few other nuanced things about their culture or whatever. And we don't ask any other questions because it's not the point. We're here to watch Darth Bane figure out how to become a Darth Lord and what that path looks like. And it's really wonderful to know that there's, well, I'm like thinking about this while I'm talking. I'd actually probably give credit to the human experience and how we are taught to gather context clues biologically for developing reference points in our minds rather than the author and his storytelling. I don't know. What do you think about that? Is, is it the author and his storytelling, or is it, you know, biologically what we have learned over the millennia where we're looking for context clues in our day-to-day life to help develop a fuller view of what's in front of us? And maybe that's too too broad to tie in for, for the path of destruction because, well, I don't know. What do you think? Well, let me let me answer the question a little bit in a you know my, my fashion where I kind of take a take two arcs and kind of bring them together. So I think it's both a, a, a direct question. I mean, <laughs> a direct answer. And I think it's both. Now, I haven't watched any of the Star Wars, and I, I mentioned this in a previous episode. I haven't watched any of the Star Wars. I've seen. Parts of the first one that came out. So I think that's episode four, right? I watched the first one that came out, and I watched it in the background, and the only clear scene I remember to this day is them being stuck in the garbage compactor. <laughs> but but because Star Wars is so ubiquitous, at least in America, and there's so many references to Star Wars in the zeitgeist, and... When I watch my movie theory and other theory videos and lectures and all that other crap. Your cult movies, your cult TV shows. My cult movie. Star Wars is referenced. And so based on just my exposure 
to American culture, being here for 99% of my life, and having just Star Wars everywhere, I have picked up enough con- context clues from the, the culture around me about Star Wars, so I know Darth Vader is. I know Leia and Luke and Yoda and the rest of them, like the main characters, Yeah, you know, well, the popular characters, right? And knowing enough about what's going on, Siths are bad, Jedi are good, there's a war, all that stuff. Coming to this book, I understand enough for me to enjoy it when I'm not completely lost. Yep. But that's also part of the author's uh, talent. Mm-hmm. And again, because I think, because he was a content creator for video games, so scenario creator, mm. he's able to he's able to write in such a way, present information in such a way where it's easy for a person who has nothing, not real, not, that doesn't know anything about Star Wars. He's like, oh, okay, I, I know I know. Darth Vader, maybe okay. Let's 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 cut this person's knowledge in half from what we know. Right. Whoever this hypothetical person is, he reads this book and he can enjoy it because it's a planet that's for mining. There's a planet for other things. These people have space traveling ability. They go into warp speed. They have lasers. He's like, okay, this is a sci-fi book, and a person probably can enjoy this without even knowing who Darth Vader is. So a bit of a ramble there, but. Because of his uh, talent, Drew's able to take us through the story in such a way. Does that answer your question? So you're saying it's both. It's it's not only that we have developed as humans over millennia to be able to take context clues, the zeitgeist of the society we live in, but also the author. So you're saying it's kind of a little bit of, it's it's that diagram, not diagram, I think it's called something else. Venn diagram. The, the, the uh, Venn diagram that's like the three circles and then the overlapping center piece of all of them. It's kind of like yeah. a slice of each of them. Yeah. And I think it's probably not an equal slice. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not an equal slice. Sure, yeah. I think more for me in regards to this book, to answer your question, for me, it's 60% of me knowing Star Wars and 40% of him being a good author. And it doesn't diminish it. That's not saying that he's a you know he's a so-so author, but to help me follow along with the book, to help me enjoy the book, is probably well no not enjoy the book, but to help me pick up pick up on those context clues. That's probably sixty percent of me knowing enough about Star Wars, and then well, him coming in and pulling me in. I mean, this is this is literally neither of us can prove this, but as you're talking, it makes me think that it's actually fifty thirty twenty. So it's 20% your ability to pick up context clues, 30% the zeitgeist of the information of Star Wars that you are aware of, and then, like, I'll give the author 50% credit. Like, no problem there. He He's a good author. Like, I understood yep. everything in the story. I understood everything that was going on. I understood all the powers and the characters. And, like, sure, I have some nitpicks about details, but I think because the zeitgeist has been around for so long for Star Wars, that... I don't have a need for a desire for world building in something like this because I have enough context clues from the hearsay of the zeitgeist, right? Like the, the society yeah. we live in. I can walk down the toy aisle and I can pick up a toy and go, oh, what's a Jar Jar Binks? And it's like, oh, it's from episode two, one, two, three. Okay, great. I, don't, I still don't know anything, but I know enough to know it's like, it's from the Star Wars. It's from episodes one, two, and three. And clearly this is a character. And character enough, so main main character enough that it is willing to be sold as a toy that people would want to buy. Yeah, I'm willing to I'm willing to go with your numbers because what you're you're ten off for me, right? I gave him forty percent, you gave him fifty. That's fine, but I think it's a combination. Right, right. Bottom line, it's a combination of all three, and so that's it. Bit of a non sequitur, but how would you describe? So you're talking to your wife, right? How would you describe this book to your wife in without using the word Star Wars and just describing general story concepts to try to, you know, doesn't even have to be this, your wife. It could be a coworker that doesn't know anything about Star Wars either. So you can't use Star Wars. You can't use Darth. You can't use Bane. Give me the, the broad strokes of like, it's an adventure book. It's a this book. It's a sci-fi. It's whatever. Like, give me the, sell it to me. Sell it to me. Right. So it's an adventure sci-fi book. It follows a young kid from a, a difficult childhood and 
as a young adult, he has to make a decision, whether go to jail or join uh, a faction that's fighting. And it happens to be the factions that are considered the bad guys. And because he has an ability that, you know, we are not sure about in the beginning, but it's kind of like, you know, psychic abilities and some sort of telekinesis abilities, he has those powers and he grows in stature in in this army for the bad guys and comes to full knowledge of what this force or power is and becomes like one of the highest... What's the word I'm looking for? Because I can't use the their words. You know, a sense of the highest levels of their hierarchy. The spiritual hierarchy. To, yeah, and, to become and the war hierarchy. The, the leader of the nation. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say back to you what you just told me in what I think is just an absolutely ridiculous but super funny thing. So it's the space version of the Exodus where Moses rises from childhood, kills an Egyptian, gets cast out, rises to the top of the order of Jewish people, has powers because of God, and then <laughs> goes goes and helps create a new nation. Are you saying the Jews are the Sith? <laughs> if you're the Egyptians, yeah, they are. Fair enough. Poor little Egyptians. <laughs> uh, but you, you said that you're like, and I'm listening to you talk about it, and I'm thinking, yeah. this is the Exodus story. I mean, Passover just happened recently, but this is the Exodus story where, as a kid, he's raised up in so-and-so, and then he gets cast out because of a murder, and then da-da-da, and he has powers. I'm like, yep, this is Moses. Moses. So it's actually a reverse of Darth Bane, because he was living in royalty. Yeah, and right, then, fine, fine. Then he don't gets pick, put into... He get... Don't pick it apart. <laughs> I'm not picking it apart. It's, it's, a good, it's a good, funny, funny thing, but it's just reverse. And that's why you picked it up on it. Yeah. I'm tracking with yeah. you. I- yeah. I'm loving it. It's all good. Darth Moses. Darth Moses. You should write a book. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> Actually, like, dude, that could be, that. that's even a funny band name, Darth Moses. Darth Moses. What, what would be the genre? It definitely would have to be, like, Brooklyn Jews, like, Brooklyn teens. It you would know, be, but it have to be, yeah, yeah, Brooklyn hip hop. Uh, mashed with Mongolian throat singing, but in Hebrew. That's definitely, and their song is Path of Destruction. <laughs> their, their breakout song. <laughs> oh, man. All right. It's clearly right. we've descended into nonsense, period. But I think we should do that moving forward. We We, for new books, for first episode of new books, we should do a let's sell the book to the audience, but we can't describe the book with its normal keywords. Let's try it. I'm willing to try it. I think it's well. Don't okay. That's that's weird. I'm gonna tell my girlfriend that you're trying to. Okay. Anyway, I feel that's no, just two guys and a mic. It's all good. I didn't know you could do that with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so this is getting an explicit rating. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, let's land this plane. Shout out to Matt. Good call out for this book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Darth Moses and uh, this side quest. I'm excited to hear what Slava thinks as we wrap up. And he finishes the other 20 chapters at 2.25 speed. I'm looking forward to the books that are coming down the road. We're going to do Cradle. And I honestly might push Slava to do two books of Cradle before we do another book of his because it's just Dragon Ball Z in book form. Well, I thought that's what the that's what we we're gonna do. I didn't I, I didn't understand it as we do one Cradle book and then we go into my my list. I thought we were doing a couple of Cradle oh, books we, and then going into we my might list. because it's just some it's Cradle moves f- faster than this book, but it doesn't. You don't notice it until you're like, wait, the book's over because it's just like. It's, yeah, anyway, I'm trying to land this plane. We're also going to do The Lies of Locke Lamora coming up here soon. I'm just real excited for some more unique takes on fantasy. Similar to how Matt said that I was going to really enjoy this book and you wanted to hear us do a podcast on it, I'm really looking forward to you reading this couple books because I can't wait to hear your first run through with these different magic systems, these different characters, and man, the cast of both of these two other series is is just a riot and they're a riot for different reasons. Like the lies of Lamora is 
Hoyd if he was a thief and raised as a as an orphan and it has like a bit of morose from Kaladin and a bit of uh confidence from Dalinar. And then Cradle, so Lacey Winden, wow, I just dyslexic my mouth. Way she Linden. Way she Linden. The Now I'd like Lacey better. Okay. Way she Linden is the he's almost annoying but he develops into this absolutely wonderful brilliant flower he's like a late bloomer and he's overly polite because the world that he lives in is all based on hierarchy and he's at the bottom rung because he can't access the power of his soul that everyone else has access to and so he's he's referred to as an unsold and he is the pariah of society because he he has no power is the understanding and then it's his journey to power with a splash of sci-fi it's so man i i like i i love that i'm getting to wrangle up people into books because it's fun to talk about it's fun to talk about i can't seem to land this plane so please help me all right, so next episode, we will finish talking about the book. Yep, Path of Destruction. Path of Destruction. It'll be the same type of deal where we just give an overview of the book and then go on our side quest. I think, I think, I can't even land this plane. Listen. Or and then we're, we're going to have Matt on as a guest. Whatever, stay we're tuned. We're going to have Matt on? A- yeah. Yes. Stay tuned. Yeah. I'm getting a tattoo of Moses with a lightsaber. Oh, my God. Next week, and that's it. Goodbye, good people. I would actually probably do that with you.